0: Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio, and here is your host, Gary Cochulillo.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochulillo, and today we have psychic medium Dean McMurray, and he is a military sort of as a military background as well, and a really interesting story. Thanks for taking the time to come on today. Hey, thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Um, so let's start from the beginning. I mean, it looks like you you spent like <laughs> a good part of your first half of your life, at least, in the military.
2: Right. And, right. Yeah. Um,
1: like, like, did uh, were were did you you? Your medium abilities in the military, or like, 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 how did this all come about?
2: <laughs> you know, a pretty common question, and it's a great, great one. Um, you know, I wasn't aware of my my abilities until my last three years of military service, um, and which is kind of interesting, right? Because a lot of mediums or a lot of folks that you talk to, um, you know, were aware maybe since they were very young or had a very traumatic um, event. And for me, um, you know, I don't remember having a traumatic event. Maybe I did. Maybe I repressed it. I don't know. But, um, you know, I don't remember being that um, sensitive when I was a child. But when I came out of the quote unquote metaphysical closet, I call it, is my mother um, was very like, oh, that makes total sense. And uh, I was like, what are you talking about? and, um, but to give everybody a little background, um, yeah, so I was in my last three years in military service. I had just returned from what was my last deployment, um, to the lovely country of Kosovo. Um, my son was, uh, just born and, uh, it was what I call all holy hell started breaking loose in my home. And what I mean by that is clocks and pitchers started flying off the wall. It was the literal, you know, kind of the, the poltergeist type deal. Now, nothing malevolent or nothing mean was going on, but there was just a lot of activity. And for a guy that was not open to that kind of stuff. I wasn't a I, I I was never a cynic. I was a skeptic. And there's part of me that still is in certain aspects. But um you know, it was, you know, I you know when when I, when a picture would come off the wall I'd be like, what the heck didn't I did you know, didn't I put that screw or that nail in the in the stud or had the drywall anchor in right? And trying to put logic to, you know, something that, you know, so, our mind could wrap around it. And nine times out of 10, you know, there was no reason why the clock or pitcher should have came off the wall or being thrown halfway across the room. And quite honestly, Gary, you know, it was uh, kind of freaking me out because at this point in my career, you know, it would have made more sense to me if somebody was trying to break in or <laughs> God forbid, you know, I was facing down a surgeon trying to get into the house. And that I can make sense of, but to, to try to wrap your mind around something like a spirit, or, you know, and at least in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, quite honestly, not only freaked me out, but I, I was having a hard time to conceptualize him. And so I, I knew that my wife at the time had been seeing a local psychic in her area and um, for readings and stuff with her other girlfriends. And I was jokingly referring to this lady as the voodoo chick. <laughs> and and I want to give a caveat to this because she does not do voodoo, but that was just my terminology because I wasn't a, a big believer in all that. And, you know, might have the craziest conversation of what uh, scented You know, oils, you know, does the wife want to diffuse? I don't know. Put that orange stuff on, right? So Mm -hmm. um, as far as talking about spirit guides and, you know, deceased loved ones and all that great stuff, um, I couldn't even fathom having that conversation. And really, I wasn't in that, I wasn't in that mindset um, at that time. I wasn't open to that. And, but quite literally, I said to my wife at the time when all this was going on, you need to get a hold of the the voodoo chick and have her come over to the house because uh, we need to make sense of this. And so she came over and proceeded to tell me that my deceased grandfather, um, who was a World War One veteran, which is interesting enough, um, was coming forward. And and I kind of looked at her kind of weird, and I was like, "Well, nothing against Grandpa, but you know, why is he here? You know, uh, where was he after?" you know, where was he after Bosnia? Where was he after Afghanistan? Where, you know, I'm going down my lists of deployments through the 24 years. And now at the end, he's showing up like, hello, you know, he died back in the eighties uh-huh. um, when I was a kid and, and she said, well, I don't know. I can't tell you that, but I can tell you he's here now. And so really, I just kind of brushed her off and didn't, you know, put any, you know, didn't, Make any connection because I wasn't again I wasn't in the headspace of receiving a message, and uh, you know she she went on her way and a couple of weeks went by and I was washing bottles for my then newborn son um, around midnight. Everybody's in bed except for myself, and uh, I just had a knowing. Uh, Gary, that washed over me that I knew that my grandmother who died, uh, she died in the 80s as well. Um, you know, when I was around the age of 10, um, that she was there. And quite honestly, I was like, how do I know grandma, you know, grandma's here? Like, all of a sudden, I get this knowing, like, what's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, how do I know? And so I quite honestly start having a conversation out loud with myself at the sink. And quite literally, I said, you know, how do I know it's grandma? And I answered myself by saying, I don't know, but she's not here to hurt us. And then I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is how people lose their mind. This is how they end up on meds. Oh, my God. You know, and I was like, you know, quite honestly, I'm probably a little freaked out because here I'm, you know, I could feel somebody behind me. I I was a little, the E.B.G.B.s, right? And, you know, all the sensations and hairs are standing on end. So I just went to bed. I thought, you know what, I'm making it up Uh, for whatever reason. Maybe I watched a scary movie. Who knows? It's all my imagination. That's what I was thinking. And I went to bed knowing that grandma was there. And so at this point in time, I'm I'm laying in bed um, with my eyes closed, but very much awake. I'm not asleep yet. And so I think it's normal for most folks if they have a knowing about them that somebody is there, you know, we want to connect. We want to connect again one more time. So it's kind of like, hey, grandma, you know, how are you? I miss you. I love you. And and then it's like my ego. My ego is my good drunk friend, right? <laughs> and is like, you know what, Dean, this is all BS. You're making it up. You know, trying to put logic to what would otherwise be a, you know a, a situation that's hard to explain and uh so i came up with the idea at least in my head that it would be good for grandma to to make her presence known and saying if you're really here why don't you just prove it and as soon as those thoughts left my head um the room went immediately ice cold i mean it was not gradual it was just like instant like you would have walked out in the middle of the the Midwest, right? In the middle of January. And I was like, holy crap. Now I felt that because it was, you know, again, immediate change in temperature. And so that had my attention. I was like, holy cow. And and you got to remember the whole time I'm very much awake, but you know, I I just have my eyes closed. And so I'm continually talking to her one way. I wasn't receiving any messages um, at this point. And then it was, again, my ego had to pick up and go, you know what? There's a lot of answers, you know, for the temperature change. Maybe the wife had the window open, maybe the fans on all this kind of stuff. Why don't you just touch us? If you can touch me, then it puts all doubt to shame or, you know, puts everything to rest. And then I know, you know, I can't argue with somebody touching me. So, I still remember like it was yesterday, it was a gentle yet firm pressure that started from the top of my head and went all the way to the bottom of my feet. And it was like somebody was laying physically on top of me where my entire body became heavier than the bed and where I physically was sinking into the bed and I could hear uh, the springs compress and the and you know I could feel the bed. Um, kind of around me in a sense. Um, and it was nothing malicious. It wasn't like being choked. It wasn't. Um, but at the same time, it freaked the holy bejesus <laughs> right out of me. I brought out the like the, the inner six-year-old. I'm like, all right, Grandma, love you. See you soon. Like, oh, my God, what did I, you know, I just broke the sixth seal to hell, right? And uh, as soon as I said that, it all went away. And I'm sitting up in bed, eyes wide open, completely covered in sweat, out of breath going, holy crap, what just happened? Was that a dream, you know, and was, is it psychosis of some kind? I'm trying to analyze myself, trying to make heads or tails of what was going on. And at the same time, I'm trying to wake my wife who in, you know, like most women, you know, with, having a newborn in the house my wife has never slept really deep and especially after having kids and you know she was sleeping like she had never slept before and it was so odd and once she finally once i was able to wake her up she was like what's going on and i was like there's somebody here in the house and she's thinking somebody has broken in and i said no 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 that that would make sense um there's a spirit here. And she was like, how do you know that? And I said, I don't know. (laughs) And I was like, you need to get a hold of voodoo chick. And she was like, Dean, it's like two o'clock in the morning. You need to go back to bed. And I'm thinking, uh, that's not going to happen. Like, (laughs) you know, you get up and watch TV for the rest of the night, but, um, you know, and so I was, you know, needless to say, kind of freaked out at that point, but I, I was really trying to like, what does this mean? Like, why, why me? And why now here, you know, here, this was about 10 years ago and I was in my, what, about 40 years old. And I was like, good Lord, you know, is it because I'm retiring and, you know, and I, I really didn't understand. And really that was my, what I didn't realize is that was what was to be my awakening. It would, I needed something so visceral, Gary, that Because sometimes I'm hard headed, um, as my wife will (laughs) validate, is that, you know, I needed something to shake me up a little bit and saying, you know what, doesn't matter what happens in the future, because we need something that you can't just put logic to. And because you understand that what happened was real. And so when I went forward and was really trying to figure everything out, I would always go back to that night and go, even when I wasn't, you know, cause there was a lot of times and after that fact that I would take classes or other things. And my, the skeptic in me goes, ah, that seems kind of hokey. And it, it was like, my grandmother was still there beside me going, Dean, do you, do do you remember that night? You know, when I came to visit and be like, uh, yeah, and be like, well, how about you to stay open then? Meaning, you know, you can't really, if you can't fully explain what happened, then how about you just stay open, not saying that you have to believe, just stay open and ex- have the experience and whatever that was. If it was about maybe a class in angels or if it was, you know, a class in dowsing and, you know, as well as I do, one door leads to another and modalities and classes and 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 you know, meeting people, but it, it it was interesting because every time I was open, like my grandmother was guiding me, um, you know, it, there was another little piece of my mind that, you know, that conscious was, you know, was developing. And I was relearning what it was, my true self. And, you know, it's, um, it really took something that was so, so immersive because for me, there were so many endings I was getting ready. As I shared, I was in my last three years Mm -hmm. and it really took the, those three years to kind of prepare me um, before I retired. And because we understand there's the divine timing aspect, there was, um, you know, so much, you know, practice and training and everything else to get me ready to the point before um, retirement, but I, I, I didn't see that at the time. And it wasn't until well after, but, um, and then I really went on a, a journey, right? So it was the, the whole three, four years, um, was a journey trying to figure out what being a medium meant for Dean. And that's really, how I knew I was a medium was really because things weren't quieting down. I was, you know, I started getting messages and I went to that psychic, the <laughs> the lady that I was calling the voodoo chick, and um she said, you know, she said, I don't think it's gonna calm down for you. You're a medium. And I was like, I don't want to be a medium. I did not ask for this. I don't, you know, I was like, I am not looking for, and she said, That's not the way it works. You know, it's just you are what you are. It's just, you're, you're stepping into your awareness now, even though it might be at a later stage in life. And I was thinking, great. It's like waking up in the morning, finding out that you got a second thumb on your hand. And it's like, great. Now what, you know, <laughs> what does this mean? And so, and that's really what I asked myself is I was like, okay, if I'm a medium, what does that mean for Dean McMurray? And I really wanted a, an honest answer. I was like, because you know, you start, I think, anybody in their spiritual journey or, or any journey, they, you know, most people immerse themselves by reading and uh, anything that's kind of in, of interest to them. And I was like, okay, I see, you know, uh, James Van Prague and John Edwards and all the folks on TV at the time, and they had books and. I started consuming all that and I was like, okay, I get that, what that means for them and their aspect of that. But what does that mean for Dean McMurray? Does that mean that I'm going to be given readings? And, and, and I joked at the time because I was, you know, kind of looking at the, you know, at the heavens when I did it. And I was like, does this mean I'm going to be giving readings? And what am I, you know, going to be in my basement giving, uh, you know, with, with a crystal ball and, you know, I now I kind of look and laugh because somebody's like, uh, "Yeah, you're going to be in your basement giving readings, and in your garage, and in Ubers, and you're going to be on tour boats and wherever else you're asked." Maybe not the crystal ball aspect, but you know. And um, so it it, it was kind of interesting in retrospect that where I kind of made fun of that. But your uh, initial question was, um, "Did I use it when I was in the military?" and was I, you know, maybe, I know a lot of people ask, were you were you a member of, like, Project Stargate? Were you, you know, doing any remote viewing for the military? No, nope, no, nope. I was a uh, little background in the military, you know, um, spent 14 and a half years with the regular Army. Um, it was all, uh, you know, about six of those years were, was as a paratrooper. Um, all those years were, I uh, was a, foot soldier. So I was in the infantry. Um, so, you know, a lot of, lot of years, just everything was on my back. And, uh, so my back and my, my knees thanked me every day. And, uh, then the last 10, actually, after I got back from Afghanistan before I, um, even, you know, knew my wife, um, when I was getting out, I found out about a full-time national guard program. And I was like, geez, nobody ever talked about this kind of, you know, uh, job. And so I looked into it and applied and, uh, you know, got a, got a position in the state of North Dakota. My home state is Minnesota. I grew up right on the Canadian border, Mm -hmm. um, you know, until going into high school and everything. And I still got family there. Um, but, um, you know, so I have a, you know, kind of a, kind of a blase career for the most part when people talk about, you know, it wasn't uh, anything top secret, you know, the 10 years in the guard or the national guard was uh, administrative and, you know, supervisory and, you know, um, so, you know, it wasn't like I worked for uh, some NSA, uh, you know, and even if I did, you know, would I be able to really discuss it at length? No. Um, But the other piece is, is that, um, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't use it in the military other than there's only one time because, um, oh, a number of years ago, of course, uh, you know, everybody wants to have the aspect of write a book. And I was like, how far do I go back? I was like, did I know about my abilities when I was a kid? Did I know about them when I was in the military? At what stage in the military? And so I started going back and looking through journals because I kept journals in Afghanistan and everything. And there was one mention of one story in the whole at those back in 2003. It was back that long ago um, was um, we did a night patrol and um, it was an up armored vehicle night patrol in a sector that was still kind of uh, dicey, if you will. And, uh, one of the, you know, of course, one of the things was, is that you never stop obviously in a choke point or, or really you don't stop unless you absolutely have to. And, um, we were moving along and all of a sudden we stopped and I thought, huh, that's kind of weird. And we weren't moving after a few minutes. And so immediately I heard this voice as clear as day said, move the vehicles up another 500 meters. And so I'm trying to get the lead vehicle on on the radio to move forward, and nobody's answering. And of course, this voice comes back again saying, "Hey, move the vehicles up another 500 meters." Now, I want to preface this by saying, because there's probably some. Well, is that somebody in the back seat, or you know, <laughs> it was like the only there was only three of us in the vehicle. There was a driver, me, and my gunner. And if anybody's ever been in a Humvee or you know, had a gunner, half the time you can't under here, you have to like punch him in the leg. So they pay attention. Um, so it wasn't, that wasn't any of us. Um, it was like a, a inner voice or, a, you know, a higher power that was trying to get us or g- trying to get me to move the vehicles. And I actually had a sprint forward in the convoy line up to the lead vehicle And here, which was a big no, no. And I don't know why the guys were doing it, but we're, we're having a smoke break and then also kind of relieving themselves. And I was like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) I was like, you know, it was like completely out of line for what, and they know better, they knew better. And, um, and so I just, you know, telling them to move the vehicles up another 500 meters. So the rear vehicles can clear the, you know, the choke area. And, um, and about the time we were going to go back to our vehicles and move everything, uh, myself and the fellow squad leader heard um, what we believe today to be a a uh, IED detonation trying to ignite. Right, and just because of the terrain, it was really steep down where we heard what we believe is the detonator. And one of the things that we were carrying with us that night, back in way back in those early days. Um, you got to remember this was even, you know, um, you know, the ground war in Iraq just had started and everything. And there was a lot of prototypes of a lot of equipment that was being fielded. And there was, there's a um, electronic, basically creates electronic bubble and it's a ID scrambler. And it mm-hmm. keeps like, if they're using cell phones and other things. And um, we had a prototype with us and uh, you know, they, the guys just said, you don't need to know what it does, uh, but it'll help you keep safe and just turn it on before you go and shut it off when you come back. <laughs> and um, But we still believe today that, you know, if it wasn't for that piece of equipment that we wouldn't be here today. But I go back, um, you know, I can understand the, the, the equipment piece, but I go back to that voice
1: Yeah.
2: saying, like, you know, who was that? you know, was that my higher self? Was that my spirit guide? Was that a, you know, a uh, guardian angel? Was that a, you know, archangel? And, and I guess really the, the, the fine details doesn't really matter because they were trying to keep us safe, whoever it was. Um, But it just always fascinates me because, you know, at the time I, you know, chalked it up to, hey, I just know that we're not supposed to be here. And regardless if I heard a voice or not, that's just my, you know, trying to, you know, being salty, right? So it's in a sense, you've been so many days in country, you know, better and just like a private would. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, I guess my Afghanistan story, but to go back to like any remote viewing or Project Stargate, wow. the only time that I've ever been involved in anything like that, it was well after I was been working. Um, that's actually about three about three years ago. I had a client reach out to me and was concerned about she had a a health and wellness business. We'll call it and was making groundbreaking discoveries in helping people with um, disease and other things and it, it was all energy work and um, it was interesting because she actually worked with DNA and it was crazy and she was worried there was some concern legitimate concern that the government was giving some o- overshadow or foresight and so she was like uh, I got a weird request for you would you be willing to do some re- reverse what, you know, what you might call reverse remote viewing and, and kind of see who's trying to keep tabs on me. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I did. And so I did. And, and I found that there was more of a call for, for people in, you know, with big businesses and other things, because, um, you know, people that were trying to not only sabotage businesses, but in this case for this lady, um, you know, there was some government oversight and people trying to do some shady stuff, shall we say, and kind of just, you know, trying to, um, uh, kind of suppress her and what she was doing. And then there was another one where, um, where I saved a lady. Oh, good Lord. I don't, they don't even have the total number of dollars. It was millions upon millions because um, she has a product that is nationally known. And she had to pull her product off the shelf because I caught the lead scientist um, messing with the formulation of her product. And I said, somebody's doing, I said, they're not doing what they're supposed to be. And so she started checking into it. And sure enough, because the FDA approves one formula, mm-hmm. they weren't following that. And so she could have, in theory, been fined millions upon millions, but yet she only lost, I don't know, you know, when it gets to that level, it's just absolutely crazy numbers. But um, so, yeah. So have I done some like more on the, since I've become a, a medium, absolutely, but more for the business aspect? for, for people that own businesses. And then of course I've used it to, to help with, um, you know, like homicide and missing person cases and other things. But um, you know, it's, it's always interesting because I never know. Well, I can't say that. Can't say that. I never know what I'm going to do from day to day because I do have a schedule, but with, with clients, but um, you know, sometimes it's so different, right? You know, in fact, just today I had a, a lady concerned about spirits showing up in the home. And so then, you know, so then we start a conversation when I have time and, you know, trying to do an assessment what's going on. And, um, you know, um, so it's always, you never know what's going to show up um, other than, hey, I got so many readings today. Um, <laughs> you know, so. It's always, it has really, what's interesting, Gary, is when I first started this 10 years ago, number one, I, you know, I was planning to work for the VA full-time when I retired. Um, But I didn't even see myself doing readings professionally. I didn't, I didn't even see, you know, doing, I didn't even see myself giving other people readings, to be quite honest. And as I stepped into that, and then it seems like it evolves and, changes in ways that I could never fathom as far as saying, okay, now you're, you know, you're kind of working with uh, remote viewing and now that's a service that you were um, offering clients. And then, oh, by the way, then you learned dousing. And now I work with um, realtors, which is really kind of funny and custom home builders to help sell their homes quicker. I call it intuitive real estate consulting. And so it's really just about changing energy so everybody can live harmoniously. And so I've really gone, even though I still do a tremendous amount of mediumship um, in what I do, um, I started looking at it and saying, well, what, you know, diversifying it in a sense, when it comes to a business aspect and saying, you know, mediumship is great, but what else can we do? You know, can, if we can change energy in a house or find lost spirits, whatever you want to call it, um, I hate the term, you know, ghost busting, um, with dowsing. but, um, you know, if we can help souls cross over and all that great stuff, um, you know, what, what else can we do? Can we, can we make crops, you know, grow faster? Can we make, uh, you know, I got a lot of friends that use dousing for agriculture. Um, and it was really fascinating me because how I got into that niche is I started reading about um, a lot of studies from the UK and different things. And where they did it for the egg side of the house and where they were doing it for crops and, um, you know, animals and, you know, and of course, homes. And I was like, wow. And then the more you learn, it's like, this isn't new stuff. This is like old. And I'm like, how old is it? Like, and then you start digging more and it's like, wow, why, why is this not preach from the rooftops? Because we could be, you know, using this for everybody's highest good. And, uh, but so it's interesting. It certainly is. And I love bringing awareness to it. Um, you know, and of course the same with like intuition development and you know, inner knowingness and but um yeah, so it's it's uh it's humble it's humbling and fascinating work. Like I said, I never know what's um gonna be uh you know come tomorrow, so to speak. So
1: interesting. Um actually um last week I released an episode um with a guy named I guess this is Roger Manon. And he was a participant of start of Project Stargate, and he also did NSA stuff, and, and cool. he just he. I mean, it was so long ago that he's just like, you know, I'm 72. I don't care, <laughs> you know. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there, right, right. And, and he did. He, he even uh, sent me some of the files that they used for Project Stargate. Wow. You that to use these weird audio files to get you into like a, a theta state. Right. So it's, it was pretty cool.
2: Um, now, didn't rot? now, did Mr. Manning, didn't he, um, wasn't he, there's a place in, is it Vermont or New Hampshire? The something Institute. Now I'm going to. Um, Monroe there Institute. A, there you go. Are Is he part of that? He's not part of it.
1: But the uh, files that he gave me uh, were created by Robert Monroe for uh, the Department of Defense. Okay. Right. There you go. Okay. And, uh, yeah. and actually, I'm going to try to get them actually remastered. Oh, wow. We're, okay. we're, I, have, I have another friend who's an expert like on that type of uh, work with the frequencies and stuff. And he's going to remaster them. And we're also going to try to remake wow. them too with like a more modern –
2: type of terminology, you
1: know, terminologies so sure. which throw people off.
2: Sure. Sure. Yeah. The so. The verbiage can be, yeah. Yeah. You know, if I could go on vacation, I think right now, if somebody said, you know what, Dean, um, if COVID wasn't in existence and I could go anywhere I want, I think that would be one place that I would want to go during the summer. Cause number one, it looks beautiful. Number two, of course I, you know, I, um, you know, I read the book, uh, I think it was called Through Angel's Eyes, I think it was. Um, and it just, and I was like, God, I would love to experience the HemiSync um, program and the different, um, you know, the, the different programs they have. And I'm like, you know, it, it just sounds so fascinating, um, just the way that they uh, talk about it. And I'm like, so it just sounded really cool. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, uh, keep an eye on my podcast. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. I, 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 I have be... some of those original files now, and uh, and, and Rogers <laughs> actually going to send some of the, you know, a whole a whole bunch of stuff is going to go on. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be cool. Oh, We're, fun! Do something that nobody's done yet. So,
2: oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah was, I look forward to to listening to those. That's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how just lately he, I I didn't expect him to. Like, oh yeah, I'll I'll just send them to
2: you. Okay. Really? You just you you just send them on over. It's like awesome. It was a good
1: synchronicity too, because at the same time I was connecting with this other guy who's like a total expert on that particular subject and and working with those kind of files. And like he was able to authenticate them for me. And
2: oh wow. So don't you love the way the universe works? You know, you, you start opening basically one door and you start scratching around next thing, you know, something else It's like finding a key that opens another box. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, <And> it's just <laughs> like, where else is, where else is this rabbit hole going to go? And it's just so cool because it just, just watching it all unfold. And it's just like, wow, just blowing your mind with it. It's just, crazy. It is. And it's so fascinating. And it, It's so awe-inspiring that I think that's one of the things that just intrigues me with, you know, and I guess if if I was to summarize like all the modalities, we we can call it maybe energy work or holistic community, whatever you want to call it, is how like awe-inspiring it is to be just a minuscule part of the overall whole. And just be like in awe and be like, oh, my God, did I just really witness that? Like, (laughs) you know, it's like, whoa, you know, mind blown. And then so then you start thinking if we or others can do this, if we have this ability, what else can we do? And then, you know, at what you know, it's like, what what else are we capable of? And. Right. That to me is so fascinating. That saying, you know, obviously science has proved that we only use a mere fraction of our brains. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I get it, the uh, TV and movies, you know, sensationalize a lot of things, but you know, when I, when we start having these real experiences, it's just like, whoa, you know, uh, kind of, you know, puts you back at your heels and uh-huh. it's like, yeah, it's um truly amazing. So, so with 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 your readings,
1: um, yeah, I know there's like sort of like like three classifications: clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clair claircognizant. Yeah, uh, are are you
2: all three, or you? <laughs> is there one that you well, lean more towards. Sure. Um. Well, and and I would share is that all that verbiage was written so long ago, but I um. You know, so all the different Clares, um has, you know, I, I've, I've, I've developed them through the years. And so, you know, I've also developed Claire Gustin's you know, the clear tasting and, mm-hmm. you know, Claire Aliens and, you know, and all these different clairs. But yes. And are they separate? Absolutely. You know, the clear knowing and the clairvoyance and claircognizance and all of these um, even though they're, they're powerful in their own separate, right. But altogether, when you're able, those psychic abilities, when you're able to intermingle them, I'll call it, um, and augment your mediumship, I believe to me, um, you know, I look at it as saying, you know what, if, if I can use the other tools in the toolbox to augment, and amplify my reading, I'm going to do it. Because if I can smell um, Uncle Ed's stinky cigars that he always, you know, smoked or Grandpa Joe's black licorice that he always had or, you know, Grandma Irene's uh, homemade apple pie that she always used to get blue ribbons for at the county fair, you know, those are things that are very specific. And I have to understand just enough Um, So I can convey those words or, and paint a picture for the client. And so if I can use my abilities um, to understand, um, you know, sometimes, and, you know, I don't, what the cool thing is, is, you know, I, I love it when they, when you got a drinker, because, you know, somebody that was a big, loved their drink. And even though not that I was, you know, huge on alcohol or anything, but sometimes there is just the you know, where you come across and saying, oh my God, it's the crappiest brand of beer or, (laughs) or gut whiskey or whatever it was, you know, like, so they could afford it or not that I ever smoke, but, you know, also, you know, getting the brands of, of cigarettes just from the taste. And like, how would I know that? I don't know. You know, I think they're all, they all stink, but (laughs) at the same time, it's a knowing. And then also I get it through, which I know sounds weird is through, you know that you know I, I'm tasting a brand. How is that? I don't know, but that's how it is. Um, you know, sometimes it's, um, you know, feeling a color. you know, sometimes it's the blend of abilities and it's just really, how do I want to say? I don't want to say weird, but at the same time, it it can be very, off the wall, because when you tell somebody, hey, I'm tasting the color red, um, which has happened a time or two where I taste a color. And I don't know what the red, you know, what red tastes like, but I'm tasting it. And I don't know why I came through that sensation, but that, you know, for whatever reason, that's how it's coming. And so, you know, the thing that I've learned is don't fight it, just, you know, recognize it as is. And, you know, just share that. And I know a lot of folks out there that present, you know, professionally, they can say things very eloquently and, and present things on a platform um, maybe a little bit differently. Um, right. It sounds however, a little what,
1: bit like a synesthesia.
2: A cent- uh, yeah, a little bit. You I mean... Uh, like uh, where people can taste colors. and Taste color. Yeah. And it's not really and it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like, if it's almost like the energies get mixed up and it, they're just flowing to me. So where you would think that typically, you know, somebody would see the color red um, or, you know, with the vibrations somehow when they're transferred to me come through taste, it's like, Oh, that was the color red. And it's like hot. What does red taste like? Well, I don't know. It tastes like blue. Hell if I know. You know, it's like um it's just a knowing, I think. And it but it comes through sometimes in taste or other things. And you know, how do you, you know, you know, when you're getting clear tangency, when you're when I feel the fabric of somebody's dress and the same thing about Well, you know, it looks like, you know, when I look at something and go, you know, that really looks like silk. But then when I feel it, it's like, and that's not silk. That's, you know, a lookalike or wow, that's really fine fabric. It's almost like velvet. Um, You know, how do you, you know, to really when you get down in the weeds, like it's, you know, trying to explain how are you feeling the energy to the point where you understand what it is and understand that we all learn from experience. So at some point I must've touched silk or velvet, but how do you explain something you never seen? Maybe how past, do you explain past life? Well, right. Or, but, but more so like if you have never seen, for example, I don't know. Um, you know, a color that is in known existence today and nobody can recreate it. It's, but it's a version of maybe orange, right? And how do you explain that? You only, you can only do so much with the, with the language that we have in our knowledge and saying, okay, take the most vivid orange that you have ever seen and then amplify it by 5 million times. And then, you know, and it doesn't even compare to that, but it's just a beautiful, just know that it's a beautiful shade of orange or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes trying to accurately convey something that hasn't even been shown in pictures or, uh, you know, trying to even closely resemble um, what it is. And at the same time, when you see it as a medium um, or as a seer or whatever, is saying, "Oh my God, it's absolutely breathtaking," and I and what what sucks is sometimes finding the words to describe to the clients like, "I wish you could see this; it's absolutely breathtaking," and you know, um, and and a lot of times I think about it too is if you had a good friend that was blind and was never ever had their sight, and so to describe everything to them. You know, how would you describe the color blue? Is it through feeling? Is it through, you know, um, but, you know, that, and that's so where they, you know, but is all blue cold? Is all black hot or, or is all red hot? Um, not necessarily, but, you know, that's for the individual discernment, I guess. But, so it's just something for everybody to think about, I guess. But, um, you know, sometimes I think about those things and, um, you know, sometimes even though I've been doing this for a while now, um sometimes there is still a a moment of struggling like how do I even begin to describe what I'm what I'm getting? And yeah. sometimes it takes me a while cuz I got to find words that describe something that I have no I haven't even seen it in a book. I don't even know what it is and nobody else has either. And you know, or at least of this world, and so, yeah. So, so, so would would you describe some of this stuff like
1: when when you're picking like like frequencies basically like like light and color are all frequencies. Sounds is frequency, right? And, and even matter is 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 you know made out of vibration. Just a Absolutely. lower lower vibration.
2: Um, you think that's what it is that you pick up? Well, I think so. Um, One of the things that I always used to say in the beginning, especially is like when I would connect to somebody in spirit, it was like the the energy would get so dense that it would formulate a picture in my mind. And whether it was a picture of a flower, if you think of, you know, if you animated a bunch of pixels on a computer and where they all come together and they slowly each pixel comes together and it creates maybe a picture of a flower or whatever. In a sense, that's kind of what it was doing. And if you think each pixel represents a molecule or whatever. And so these minuscule parts and all vibrationally in alignment. So absolutely. I mean, I think if we were able to like radar, right? Mm. So radar sending out this signal, this vibration, and it hits something, then it bounces it back. And then we, you know, it gets red. As far as, you know, speed and uh, distance, all that great stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in a sense, could it be the same way, you know, in a rudimentary, I guess, explanation? Absolutely. And we understand that there's light photons and, you know, our body is, and everything is communicating, whether it's, you know, like my desktop here, whether it's my computer, um, me, you, we're all communicating to each other and everything around us at all times. And these um, carrier particles are, you know, exchanging, I believe it is light protons. I might be getting off on my science a little bit, but, you know, when we talk about light and energy and frequency, um, you know, really it's all just, I mean, it's all validated by science. It's all just exchanging information. And, but yet we give them these terms of frequency, vibration, vibration. And it's like where, and so we're starting to interpret all these signals and that's, that's all it is. It's just like, we get beyond the, you know, how do I want to say we, we start to interpret their language or the language of the vibration and saying, what is it trying to say um, when we tune into the vibration? A lot of times when I, connect to especially angels, archangels, um, any entity that is extremely what I would call extreme high vibers, um, you know, and a lot of times it's like almost like that whisper or like a, a, you know, just a faint buzzing. And it's like raising, raising, raising my vibration or my energy so I can match it. And then trying to tune in and find the right frequency and saying, where are you? You know, I want to, I want to talk to you guys what's going on. Where you at? And then once I'm at the same frequency, then it's, you know, saying, what are you guys talking about? You know, what's up? And um, so I think that's the same for, for spirits and other entities as well. It's just finding out what channel they're on.
1: Right. You know. um, Do you, two questions. Um, do you think there's a difference between a medium and a psychic? And um well, you know, answer that question first. They already forgot the okay. second one. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: all right. So that's a great question. Um I always do this with my students. We talk about the difference between a medium and a psychic. So yeah, so according to book, um, you know, a psychic is somebody that is able to read, you know the client's energy, um, able to get like past, present, future information, more fortune style readings, right? Um, And then a medium is the individual that connects to and communicates with those that are deceased and crossed over. And also they always say is a a psychic is not a medium, but a medium is a psychic. Now, here's the thing that I'm going to share is I believe it's it's Dean McMurray's belief um and I know there's people out there that disagree with me but it is my belief that we're all mediums it's my belief that we're all psychic and that we're all intuitive we're all healers but I'm going to give an analogy that I heard a friend use and I'm going to use it tonight is you know we've all played baseball at some level almost every one of us has played baseball whether in the backyard or at you know, elementary school somewhere. So, if you use spirituality as baseball and in this analogy, and saying, "Okay," but where do you want to take it? So, you know, at the same time, is you know, if we're if we all have these abilities, um, you know, some lie closer to the top, and you know, so like for for example, for me, it was you know, uh, mediumship just blossomed. Like I didn't even ask for, um, for some people, it's a healing modality that they just all of a sudden realize that they have, um, and other modalities. There's so many out there. Um, but I always say this is that, you know, you're looking at baseball analogy again, is like, where do you want to plug into it? Do you want to take it to the majors? Do you just want to play a pickup game in the backyard? Do you want to, you know, in college, where do you, you know, what do you want to do with it? It's it's really up to to you and your intention. But um so getting back to your your question is, you know, the difference between a medium and a psychic. Again, you know, I go by the the book answer as far as if you want a definitive answer, but I also believe this I have met a tremendous, tremendous amount of people that use the label psychic and call themselves psychic, but are tremendous mediums. And I've met a lot of mediums that are really good psychics. So like, you know, and maybe that, you know, maybe that's it, but so really labels kind of put us in a box and I get it when you start doing it, if you're putting yourself out there in the public you're kind of like, what do you do? You know, you got to use some type of label. So people know who, you know, who to go to, if they're looking for a specific service, unless you just, Hey, Jack of all trades, I don't know, you know, but it's um, so my thought is, is that, you know, we all have these abilities within us. Um, so the psychic out there that's going, well, I'll never be a medium. Well, I would disagree if you, if that individual, you know, wanted to awaken that ability that's been there all along, um, I believe that it's within us, but, you know, uh, I know a lot of people disagree with me and that's okay as well. But, um, so I guess that's my answer to that. If it, if (laughs) if that answers your question.
1: Yeah, it, it does. Um, so you do offer some courses too, right? Uh, on how to develop
2: some of these skills. I, I do. Yep, I do. Um, you know, I I have done a you know a mediumship course. Um, and and one of the things that really started me on this, Gary, was you know a course in my own um, personal development. I think that's really after your own journey. You're like, you know, I had a lot of great teachers and mentors over the years, but then you start going. You know, there's some things that if I taught a course, I would love to see different because nobody told me about this or mm-hmm. nobody told me about that. And this is what I found to be true. And so it isn't about teaching people the way, it's about teaching people a way and allowing them to take and extrapolate and kind of come up with their own unique language within the universe. And saying, how is the universe communicating with me? And we go back to the aspect of, you know, maybe people taste colors. I don't know. You know, what does that look like for, you know, uh, John Doe that takes the course or Jane Doe? You know, I don't know because it's different for everybody. And I always say this is a medium or a psychic there, you know, everybody's the same when they do it, but we all do it differently. Um we have, you know, everybody's unique. It's just like if you go to two different mechanics and maybe to get your muffler changed, um, they're going to replace your muffler or at least you hope they will, but they might do it <laughs> a little bit different. You know, they, yeah. they might, they might go about the same job a little bit differently. Does it make it bad? No. Um, it just means that they're a bit different. Mm-hmm. And so I think everybody's unique. And I think I also believe that the universe will communicate with each individual uniquely based upon their, their past life experience, their current life knowledge, um, based upon, you know, tons of stuff. And so, it's so just gonna where,
1: be, where does it, would a person start to start even finding their way? Like would you suggest like meditation or something like that?
2: You know, that's a great question. Cause that actually gets called asked a lot. And, um, people feel overwhelmed because especially with the explosion of what I call the quote-unquote spiritual development um, age, right, or whatever you want to call it. Um, You know, I would say start where your interest is um, because that will kind of fuel you or, you know, kind of fuel the fire. Um, So if it's meditation, then start checking out, you know, different styles of meditation, or, you know, maybe meditation groups, you know, Google, (laughs) Google's a great, uh, is a great tool, you know, checking out stuff in your area, or maybe online courses, whatever the case is. Um, I will say this, whatever you're doing, and I always tell my students this, and anybody that I run into, is regardless of what you're doing reading has been and continues to be the most number one readily available resource and it is still the cheapest um because because the invention of the internet right and and granted you have to take it with a grain of salt because you have to discern for yourself is this truth does this feel right um and if it doesn't just okay next you know there's billions of you know, in, uh, you know, sites out there. Um, the other piece is, is that, um, you know, geez, I'm sitting here in Eastern North Dakota. Um, I know my public library for a fact has books from James Van Prague in it. Um, so I know, um, you know, <laughs> that there's other areas. Um, and the reason that I say that is because, you know, we're, where I live in North Dakota it's maybe a little bit more progressive than other areas of the state but um, you know so what I'm saying is is that you know it the information is out there you just have to look for it mm-hmm. and you know the the old adage when the student's ready the teacher will sh- you know show up and so regardless of what that is it, if it's if it's somebody physical if it's somebody by video, you know, they're everybody and their brother is teaching a course now. And that's a, I mean, that's a great thing. I, I think that there's nothing wrong with that, but um, now you're being given more choices more than ever. And now it's time for you to discern. And that's an early lesson in using your intuition um, because early on, I think so many people waste thousands of dollars on courses going, well, that was a waste of money. And, you know, after maybe years, uh, it could be a, you know, it could be several years of study. It could be months of study. And, you know, a funny story with that, I, I, uh, a respected teacher and a mentor of mine um, was uh, doing a light body course. It was like a six month meditation course. And I thought, God, I really should do this and, you know, awaken this something in me. I wanted to, I had this vision of this yogi on top of uh, the mountaintop, right? And um, so it was my ego wanting me to go is really what it was. And I was like, okay. And it was, I think it was a couple thousand dollars. And uh, nice. and it was a significance. And, and And the teacher, very knowledgeable. He is a good, great teacher. I got to say in the six months that I did it, I did have some absolutely mind-bending and blowing experiences. Um, So the course itself, um, no complaints. But what I found was it took six months and several thousand dollars for me to figure out. I don't really like traditional meditation. (laughs) I was like, and but I kept on it because every time I felt like, you know, kind of dropping off from class, so to speak, I was like, I spent how much in class? And I was like, damn it, you made a commitment. It was kind of like having the conversation with myself, right? And it was like, you're going to stick with it till the end. And I did, but you know, at the end, it felt like I was really forcing it. And so what I would say is this, if anybody's out there like, oh my God, I've been in the same situation, try to Use your intuition early on. And you know, sometimes are we gonna make mistakes? Sure. Um, but you know, obviously learn from them. But um, one of the things that, you know, it was more about patting my ego at the time because I thought, I'm looking for, <laughs> you know, the the old adage, I'm looking for inner peace. Oh, I gotta find and well, it was, you know, I was obviously always right inside me and Um, but, you know, and I also did learn some other things and with the course, it wasn't just about, it wasn't about medit, you know, meditation per se. Um, but I learned that what doesn't work for Dean. And that's kind of how I, when I get to the segment in my courses about meditation saying, I get real with it and saying, you know what, guess what? You're going to probably figure out what you don't like before you find out what you like. (laughs) <laughs> because you're like you know i don't like guided meditation i don't like that i don't sure. like just sitting there super quiet um because i'm wondering is is 15 minutes up is it up now when's up? you know i have a kitchen timer set is it gonna go you know um so maybe for those people maybe it's you know walking their dog maybe it's listening to their favorite uh you know, music, whatever, you know, I don't, it can be hard rock, you know, you can people meditate in all kinds of different scenarios. You know, one of the things that I found Gary is um, uh, during my, that, that, that initial three years when I was kind of trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do when I was going to grow up and uh, the, we, we had moved, we had moved homes and I was actually painting in the garage. um, And it was so crazy because I was getting so many downloads, meaning I was, I was connecting to so many spirits and I was taking so many messages because it was something that was in a meditative state. And I was like, wow. And that was one of the things that made me go, you know, um, you know, and, and of course, sometimes I found that happen and like doing some projects that I don't, sometimes maybe I don't have to be as present. But it's taking my mind off of uh oh my god, we gotta take the kids to the dentist, you know, the to-do lists of life. And mm-hmm. and so where I can just kind of be and um you know, and by doing that then, you know, allowing spirit to actually come forward and be like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know, kind of like, you know, it's it, you know, for example, it was it was really fun. Mm-hmm. When I was able to connect to uh, my grandfather, when I was, I was redoing a, I had a little 14 foot uh, Lund boat actually, and I was redoing it. I was completely took all the wood and everything out of it. And um, I didn't know this, but my grandfather actually used to do, well, used to repaint his boat every year. And um, so I was kind of, you know, asking for him to step forward. I was like, you know, I could really use some of your help you know, if you used to do this every year, you probably got some good tips and, and, uh, all this. And, you know, so it was kind of fun to be able to, you know, catch up with family, if you will, (laughs) that's on the other side, even, you know, so on a personal level. Um, but what I found by doing that, it was more about exercising some of my abilities, um, and kind of honing them. And so, you know, um, so I started learning what worked for me and what didn't. And then so I could share that with others and, okay, this is for me personally, but I'm sharing it with, for, with you because if you find yourself in a similar situation, you can try out some of these ideas, but if it doesn't work, understand that we're going to have to find something unique and organic for you that works because um, you can't just say, here, take this pill. You'd be good to go in the morning. You know, that doesn't work um it's there's no one size fits all and um everybody plugs into you know this multi leveled universe differently mm-hmm. and uh so it's it's really kind of fascinating and it's really uh it it really makes you think so
1: you, you ever wonder like how like people did it you know before the internet <laughs> You know, like like, like 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 when you and even like like what even like before books, you know, like right. I always say like like when I was young, like you know, during like the 70s, right? Um, uh, you know, the the, the choice of, of books
2: on his subject was, was pretty limited. Right. right, right. No, absolutely. Yeah, 70s and 80s. Well, I mean, you had to I, I would imagine, of course, you know, I was born in 70, but you know, so But I would imagine that you would have to be in that circle or sphere of influence already to be aware of, um, especially if you're, you know, you're younger, or or maybe have somebody that had an interest outside of, you know, maybe your circle of friends to bring that awareness to you. And then you can start like, who who even does this? Who do I reach out to? And, you know, even today, it's interesting as you bring it up, Gary, is that even today with the information age um, is, you know, crazy. You know, we even have Alexa now, right? We can just, hey, Alexa, you know, (laughs) search, whatever. Um, The crazy thing is, is people still struggle. Like, you know, when you're having that experience, when you're in your awakening or you're having a crazy experience, a lot of people struggle because they go, who do I even reach out to? And I didn't know except for, if I didn't know that my wife had been seeing that psychic, like I would have no clue who, who do you go to? I don't know. You know, you know who to go to if you need, uh, you know, your transmission repaired, you need, you know, you know who you go to if you need, you know, a molar fixed, Um, you know, people know that. But when it comes to metaphysics, um, you know, it's not like, (laughs) you know, there's a, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they can go and there actually is, but a lot of people don't realize if they have a local, um, I call it a metaphysical shop, but um, a lot of times if there's a rock shop or um, whatever in their area or region, a lot of times that becomes a hub of information. And if you call them saying, hey, I don't know if you guys have this information, but I'm looking for a medium, a reputable medium or a psychic or healer or whatever. And a lot of times, if they bring in readers or healers, um, they have a good idea who's, you know, reputable and known in the area and all that great stuff. That is a great place to start. And obviously now with the internet, of course, you can certainly look it up and, you know, get somebody's, you know, how many reviews they have and, But, you know, here's the other thing that I would share, too, is once you kind of know or feel who you're going to go towards, um, you know, ask folks, you know, saying, hey, has anybody been to this individual? You know, uh, what was your experience? Um, I think people hate asking um, because they feel, I don't know, you know, sometimes they don't want to ask. And um, but that's what I would say. Word of mouth is huge. And. That's a uh, you know a a big one. So, um,
1: you know, one thing I, I've I've interviewed quite a few mediums and, and and psychics and stuff, and um, and I found like like you know obviously there's, there's some of them that I totally believe in, and they've proved themselves with me like you know over and over again by like getting stuff right. <laughs> and you know, it's amazing. Um, how about the ones though that, that get stuff wrong? Like I had one guy on here and I asked him to this was before the election, and I asked him to predict who, you know, who's gonna win the election. Sure. And he sure. picked he picked Donald Trump. Okay. Um, like like was is a bad hit disqualify him?
2: You know, I I, I would say no. Um, and here's why. Um, you know, one bad or a few bad, you know, predictions or readings, whatever, um, doesn't make one person a, you know, doesn't doesn't sink the person's boat in my mind, because a couple things. One, you were asking a question based on uh in reality probability, um, because there's a lot of factors in somebody's getting elected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even though a lot of times the energy is set in stone as far as, um, you know, things are going to happen or whatever, but you know, you never know, um, they're all, you know, maybe the energy at the time was, um, hanging heavily over Donald Trump and, you know, and I'm not trying to defend him either way, um, cause I don't know the guy, um, but, At the same time is, you know, the future is always unfolding because what somebody does or doesn't do in the given moment can certainly vastly change future outcomes. And so understand that, um, you know, things like that could change. So I would say, you know, if it was one or two things or whatever, but if it's habitually always, always wrong. And then I would say, well, you know, maybe, you know, take it with the grain. I don't know. Then it would raise, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't know the individual. I don't know their, you know, how they read. But um, I would say when we're talking about future events is mm-hmm. that things can change, um, even though, um, you know, yeah, I know when it came to the, the election, too, I, I did a. On a different show, they wanted me to do. Uh, it was actually a New Year's prediction. This was last year, and um, so and it was one of the things. Of course, it was a Canadian show, and they were like, "So, you know, of course, the election and that's coming up next year." And and I was like, "Yeah, no, Donald Trump won't be in office." And I said, "I know that, you know." And um, so it's interesting, but you know, the dust hasn't settled yet either. And I'm so. Am I holding my breath? No. Um, but I know that, you know, and I always, number one, I always stand by what I say. Um, and even sometimes I get it wrong and, but I also give, um, maybe I'm one of a few, but I have always brought, been brought up spiritually with saying, you know what, I give myself permission to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And because that way I'm not tied to the outcome. If I'm emotionally tied to the outcome, if I was emotionally, or if I was, a if I'm emotionally tied to who I believe mm-hmm. that I want to be president, um, then so I would, that you know, might be swayed. Right. And what right. if I'm giving a reading, do I want to be emotional either way? No, I want to be impartial because that way I can come in as the clear vessel and I can just give you the information as I receive it. And, you know, saying, even if, it doesn't come to be sometimes that's okay, saying, Whew, get, you know, maybe with the Trump thing, you know, saying if Trump saying, who good thing, you know, maybe I was wrong, whoo, you know, you know, or with somebody's health, whatever. It's you know, it's it it may sound weird for me to say this, but sometimes it's okay to be out wrong. Uh-huh. And giving us permission to be wrong, but of course, what does the ego want? The ego wants to be right 150 million times. And of course, when you have a paying client, you want them to have validation. You want them to have closure. Um, but what I'm saying is the um, when you're not trying to become emotionally attached to the outcome, then you're closer to the true source of information. And then you get to the higher percentages of being, interpreting the, the information correctly. And, um, you know, so whether that's mediumship or psychic, um, but again, when you're when you're doing future stuff, all you can really do is, you know, listen to or trying to interpret where the energy, I call it an energy snapshot, because if you would, you know, when I did, my prediction what was last year I think it was in November December it was almost a year ago um, it was just a snapshot in time and it could have certainly been more in favor of Trump at the time and so and that's what I would have gave but hmm. um, but that's not what I said but anyways right. um, that's well, my interpretation that's my that's my take on it but when it go comes back down to that I, I guess I wouldn't yeah, well, sink this, his boat just for that. Well,
1: piece. this particular psychic actually used to work
2: at Trump Plaza, Atlantic City. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> well, little bias, I would think, saying, okay, I, I get it, and I would probably just, okay, <laughs> Um yeah. So I, you know, it's kind of hard to, yeah. So, but anyways, and you know, it, and I think it would go. I mean, how cool would that be to? you know, have somebody that worked there and then become a psychic. Right. But then all of a sudden going, you know, as much as I want them to win, yeah, I don't feel it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but that would be real. Right. Yeah. And because there's been a lot of times where sure. And, 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 you know, where I want a certain outcome, but if I get conflicting information, you know, sometimes I know that it's not always the answer I want to hear. And same for a client, saying, I know this probably isn't the answer you want to hear, but um, this is what I'm getting. And uh, sometimes I have to get, you know, validation outside of myself. You know, I have to mm-hmm. <laughs> go to other, you know, go to other folks and saying, hey, can I get you your feedback on this? And I need your, your kind of like your uh, intuitive two cents, so to speak. And um, Yeah. So, so, so when you do a reading, um, do you have to prepare ahead of time
1: or do you just do it?
2: So I, you know, I usually just do it. Um, of course, obviously, you know, like tomorrow I, you know, looking at my schedule the day prior saying, Oh, I got a reading out know, wherever, but you no, know, I don't sit and meditate anymore. Um, I did that early on. I, you know, I had a whole ritual I would go through, I guess, so to speak, you know, kind of meditate. And, and then I started realizing, I was like, you know, spirit knows before I know when they're gonna have a reading. And I was like, why can't I just already be protected? Why can't I already be connected? Mm-hmm. And I so I you know, and I was like, you know, why am I doing this? And kind of wasting the client's time because they're really here, they're paying, <laughs> they're paying for a reading, and you know, why wasting, you know, time to to do this whole meditation and so I just kind of made a, a, an agreement with my guides saying, hey, you know well before I do that when I'm doing a reading. Um, and so here's what I'm asking is that, um, you know, you need to be there when I need you and that, you know, you're protecting me. And but we don't need to go through the whole formal deal. Um, as far as calling you in and, you know, invoking you guys, like I'm trusting that you're already there and and punched in and clocked in ready to go. I'm just going to, you know, whether I meet the client or whether, you know, of course with COVID, you know, log on the computer and pull up, you know, the video or whatever we're doing that you guys are there with me already. Um, I'm trusting that. And so, you know, uh, I guess to answer your question is that, you know, you know pretty much i don't uh there's really not no preparation needed um anymore and um as far as like uh yeah there's like i said in the early days there used to be a whole uh kind of a ritual in a sense i don't want anybody to get visions of dean you know bare almost naked dancing around a fire with a chicken foot and you know it's like i didn't do any of that crazy stuff but you know i would i used to have clients come to my home and we have an office set up here in my basement and um but i i you know i used to you know make sure it was very inviting and it looked more like a spa and you know so we you, know, you got to make sure the house is picked up and and we started really realizing because my wife also works from home and that it was more invasive having clients always come to the home and so Probably, oh geez, it's been probably two years. Maybe three. Um, two, three years anyways. Um, we really went mainly all online. So we've stopped seeing people in person, at least at the house. Um, I was seeing, you know, special events and parties and um occasional one M ones with people either at their home or special locations. Um I've had some at restaurants, you know, saying, oh, we're coming through town. We'll meet you at whatever. I'm like, all right, if you want a reading there, I don't care. Um, You know, coffee shops, wherever. And but mostly, you know, it. uh, everybody has cell phone, you know, whether it's phone or, you know, Zoom, video, um, you know, technology is our friend nowadays. So I know it's not as personal, um, but since COVID hit, it really we were already in that mode i guess and um so yeah it's uh it, it really has changed um that's for sure how we've conducted business but um so i guess i i kind of uh got off on, <laughs> on a rant there a little bit but you know i guess the answer to answer your question is um you know yeah you know it used to be a whole drawn out thing but now it's you know, we just get right into it. So mm-hmm.
1: pretty cool. Could you give me a quick mini reading before we yeah, wrap Absolutely.
2: It up? We can. Absolutely. All right. So one of the things, obviously, Gary, we can't, you can't see on my end um, is I just got a pad of paper here. I got your name down and I'm just doing a, like a sketch, if you will. Um, not that I'm an artist or anything, but basically what I'm doing is what I call kind of a snapshot and I'm just taking in a if you think of my um quick little uh, again snapshots and you know seeing where spirit is showing up, angels, and all those folks. so um just give me one second here. all right, so we'll go right into it mm-hmm. okay. All right. Make a few other notes. Boom. All right. So um, one of the first things, like I said, I connect a lot to archangels. Um, So, and I usually ask them to step forward first, if they have any information about you to share. Um, So we have Archangel Michael. We understand Archangel Michael is, we understand is all about protection, right? Right. Um, All about the color blue and just a really nice protective aura or bubble around you. Um, there is something about a past accident or something protecting you, and it almost feels like the angels kind of pulled you out of harm's way in a sense. Um, and it was almost felt like uh, where Michael kind of put that protective bubble around you in those earlier years, if that makes any sense to you. So oh,
1: yeah. um, I, I was a maniac in my teenage years.
2: <laughs> Were you? Is it? Is it uh, one I'm of those? Sure. I'm surprised I'm still oh, yeah. alive. Type I, I, I,
1: I played in a punk band and just took tons
2: of drugs. Oh it's Lord. crazy. Okay. So it. So your your guardian angel is probably uh, smoking like twelve packs a day and a
0: couple. <laughs> <laughs> like Back oh then, my god. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah, rough.
2: It's like oh my god. I had to retire after him. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. It's just you know yeah, if you're really living on the edge, it just really tells me, you know, Michael just, cause I just saw a really thick bubble. And then it was almost like you were in a, like, uh, what, what felt like, like an auto action or whatever, but almost like, boom, like putting you in a bubble and in a sense, like saving your life, so to speak. But, mm-hmm. um, then jumping over Archangel Gabriel, Gabriel, we know is the messenger. Um, obviously you got the podcast. That's great. Um, uh, Gabriel works with everybody that has a message to convey, but we also want. I also want to talk about the intuitive aspect of you, Gary. It's one of the things that I really don't think. Um, at least I'm aware is that really about the the cognizance aspect for you. And cognizance, we understand, is just the clear knowing, right? And in my world, I always just say, "Gary, no shit, right?" So you just know it's. Like it's a boom. You just know it. And it's almost like where you get set in your ways. So it's uh-huh. like, just trust me, go with it. I just know this to be true in a sense. Um, and just kind of going with what you may chalk up as your intuition or whatever, but understand that Gabriel is involved in that as well. Last but not least, we got Archangel Raphael. Raphael is closest to your head. Um, we understand that Raphael is associated with color green and works with healers of all modalities. Um, so one of the things as well is I, you know, and it's so weird because when I connect to, um, Raphael around you, I keep on wanting to go, I keep on getting, uh, what I'm understanding is like the country of Brazil. And I'm like, what, what's up with Brazil? Did, you know, I don't know if you took a trip there, and you know, maybe have one of those spiritual journeys or a healing, but it was so weird because I keep on feeling like there's, you know, a tropical climate. I'm like, what? What's up with Brazil? Um, so very interesting. But we understand that it's, um, it's like Raphael standing behind you, and almost, and I know this sounds so weird, but putting like, um, your, uh, you know almost like channeling his energy through your arms and hands, like putting you on like a glove, so to speak. Uh Um, So understand that. I don't know if you've had some really weird um, healing channeling experiences or what's going on, but there's something connected there. Um, There's also something about an internal, um, and it feels, um, let's see. I'm just trying to feel where it is. Um, I almost feel like, did you have something go on with your gallbladder? No. Did you have? Okay. Hmm, Okay. Well, I'm going to write that down. Um, there's something coming up with it. Uh, and I'm not saying, oh my God, now you got to run out and get checked. But (laughs) at the same time, obviously you understand that just to be aware of your body. And if you feel that there's any concerns, obviously go to your, uh, you know, your, your healthcare provider, that's my medical caveat. But, um, you know, one of the things that I do get drawn more to the, the gallbladder and I was like, God, I almost felt like some healing took place in that aspect. So I don't know if there was something perforated or something damaged at some point, but understand that, um, Raphael is helping with that area as well. Okay. So let, Oh, go ahead. Ah, I said, that's good. Okay, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Saying that yeah, if I'm not aware of anything that's I, I hope he's got it fixed. All right. So let's talk about some spirits for you, Gary. So immediately we got a female that steps forward on the mom side of the family. Understand that uh feels to me like she would have passed in her mid seventies, and I'm understand that she passed from cancer. One of the things that interesting enough is that I keep on getting um, what I'm seeing is like um, roosters associated with her now these aren't the actual animal but these are more of the decorative niche type if you would have seen like throughout the house or in the kitchen Um, so whether like roosters embroidered like on aprons and uh, dish towels and maybe like little knickknacks up on the cupboards and different things I don't know what's up with the roosters I guess that was her thing but Um, I keep on seeing them like everywhere. Um, that was kind of her, what she liked. Um, the other thing is, um, what's going on with the, okay. So I do keep on getting like a yellow, um, you know, like standing in, uh, the kitchen area. Um, it was like a low shade carpet and then, um, I keep on seeing like yellow cabinets and like um, like a checkered pattern uh, uh, curtain, and it feels like she passed in the spring of the year. Does that make any? Can you recognize or validate that? No. Yeah, oh. definitely not the curtains or anything. Oh. Okay. And does the roosters make sense to you because that was really big, that was like thrown right in my face. You know,
1: it, it, it's 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 weird, like nobody I don't know anybody in my family that had roosters, but okay. I'm the one who's been I've always been obsessed with roosters. You have, <laughs> yes, really. You don't have yeah. aprons with them on, do you? I mean, we probably do.
2: My <laughs> wife <Well>, probably <laughs> has yeah.
1: We have really? tons of
2: rooster stuff in our kitchen, yep. And- where does that come from? Do you think, do you, is that something that you remember from your childhood or I have no idea?
1: Interesting. I, I,
2: I just okay. had this obsession with, with roosters. Yeah, fascinating. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was like thrown right in my face, like, and it was big. So understand that, you know, whoever, and I, and I do trust that this will make sense to you. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah. Roosters, just the craziest thing. Um, And that's not very common. Like that's only, I think that's come up in two other readings that I can actually remember of. Like, that's not a common decor theme. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, um, so I also have the male that's over on the father's side of the family. Um, Do you understand that he passed in the eighties? And one of the things immediately that I see with him is an American flag behind him. Typically, what that indicates to me is that he served as a veteran in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is I do smell smoke around him, um, so understand that he was a smoker at some point. Um, and then the other thing is that I keep on seeing a older um, pickup, and I almost want to say it was like a, a black. A black pickup with like white uh, or the like the white wall tires or whatever. I don't know if it was a 50s era pickup or if it was 60s. I don't quite get the 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 era, but he keeps on referring back to this pickup. Um, and it feels like it was more of a uh, oh, kind of like a project. Um, kind of I don't want to say a pet project, but something that uh, was kind of special to him, so to speak. Um, and then these big, like, um, like big silver hubcaps with it as well. Does that, does that truck make any sense to you?
1: Um, it is, I I had an uncle who, who did serve in the military. He did drive a pickup truck. Um, and he did smoke, Yeah. but I was never close to him.
2: Okay. Okay. And, and the other thing is that, um, I also want to validate and recognize the male also that is stepping, or sorry, female that is stepping forward on the dad's side of the family as well. Bit shorter, heavier set and understand feels like she would have passed. Oh, mid fifties when she actually passed. Um, And then it's interesting to me because one of the things more in the um, feels like the, like the left side of her body kind of like by her lat and like rib area is extremely sore. So I don't know if there was like a lot of trauma or a lot of pain, but it almost looks black and blue to me Mm -hmm. and almost kind of like, I don't want to, well, obviously bruising is blood pooling, but it's almost like it feels like from laying on that side, and I don't know if it was from her injuries that she had to lay that way, but it was like tremendously painful. Um, and it almost feels like also she had complications from fluid um, kind of on the lung aspect as well, if that makes sense to you.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, if it was somebody that passed away in the 50s. No, um, in no, not
2: 1950, but in their the age of oh, the, in age the 50s. 50. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah, blonde hair.
1: Um. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea who that would be.
2: Okay, All right. But one of the first things, I, and I and I trust obviously, who these folks are will will make sense to you. But mm-hmm. um, one of the things too that um that uh, is coming forward is obviously you know this Gary is. You know, a tremendous amount of love and support for you, but talking about really new ventures. And the thing that they keep on showing me is, uh, which is funny enough, is I keep on hearing like connection and where you have like two ends of an extension cord and they keep on plugging it together. What I'm understanding with that and what I keep on hearing is that you're making uh, the next level connection and not meaning like guest connection, but like in business. So where you're, um, you're getting that, you know, shifting up to that next level, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. it's like almost that the next level of consciousness or understanding or whatever it is. And it's like been really striving to, to make that deeper connection. So, um, really kind of interesting in that aspect. Um, and then the other thing is that, um, it also, I keep on being shown a circle. They keep on showing me a circle and it's almost like the loop getting smaller. Um, and what I keep on hearing is like a sphere of influence is getting smaller. Um, so I don't know if you've been getting really good at, um, like getting rid of, you know, maybe the people around you that haven't been supporting you or what's going on. But, um, I'm understanding by what they're telling me is that, um, it's just, it feels like you're, you know, that core support internal circle mm-hmm. is getting a bit smaller for you. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I used to
1: live in New Jersey and I had, you know, a ton of friends. And, right, and, you know, right. My life was always busy with, with friends. And, you know, since yeah. I've moved down here to Alabama and COVID hit, you know, it's right. definitely you know, shrunk quite a bit.
2: Right. 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 And I got to ask you one last question because there is a crazy dude on a set of drums, like going crazy. Like you just, in my, in my words, like you just took some speed or something and he's just going crazy on some drums, but I'm understanding that, uh, he passed from cancer, which is very interesting. Um, and, but just a wild man with that. Um, does that make any sense to you? Drummer passed from cancer?
0: Uh,
1: not from cancer. No. I mean, I I did have a friend who was a drummer uh, okay. who, who passed, but he overdosed on heroin.
2: Okay. Okay. So, all right. Interesting. All right. Hmm. Any questions on that? I know mm, that was, uh, some of it, I mean, uh, the, yeah. The, still-
1: the, the, the person with the blonde hair is just, just racking my brain trying to figure out who that would be. Right. Because everybody in my dad's side of the family, they all had dark hair. Okay. You know, there, there is no family picture
2: anywhere. Of
1: somebody <laughs> with blonde oh, hair. Oh, man.
2: Because okay. they were all from Italy, you know? <laughs> oh, sure. Be like, well, you're not from this family if you have blonde yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah. But that's the way that I, and now, well, and here's the, here's a million dollar question. Did you have an aunt or somebody on the dad's side of the family? Like, maybe when they got to the States, maybe later on dye their hair. You know, that's a question like wanted to be maybe when they moved out to be a bit rebellious. Uh, I don't know, but clearly parents, what I, but what I, I do, most of my who were already gray. Sure. Sure.
1: Um,
2: so but it know. was, but it was one of the things that I clearly saw. This lady was on your dad's side of the family and she was wearing blonde hair. And I was like, Okay, that's blonde hair.
1: The only thing I could possibly think of is that I I did have, like, an aunt on that side of the family, and I don't know what color her hair was when she was young. Sure, sure. But her name was Aunt Mary, and and she was really cool, and I did get to know her.
2: Okay. So, I don't know. Very cool. Okay. Well, and maybe some of that has to, you know, know, validate out for you if you're able to, I mean, down the road and, um, you know. Maybe you find that one elusive picture of the, of the blonde Italian (laughs) dad's side, Uh, who knows, but you know, and like I said, you know um, even if somebody can't validate, I always still trust um, that what I'm receiving um, is still, you know, true. In a mm-hmm. sense, you know, so just because you know, when somebody's like, well, geez, you know, I'm not, you know, not 100% on that. Because through the years, what I found is that, you know, for example, I gave a friend one time, a family friend, a reading, and I was describing this individual, and she was like, she literally said, Dean, you're smoking crack. She said, I don't know who you're talking about. And I was like, and this is who I'm seeing. This is, you know, over and over and over again. It wasn't, he wasn't, this guy wasn't getting out of my mind. And so I just delivered, I said, well, I got to move on. Right. So I delivered the message and I said, you know, I just really hope it validates. And, uh, I got a text and the phone woke me up here. She was texting me at three o'clock in the morning. And she was like, oh my God, I figured it out. She was like, you know, it's so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And I was going to answer her back. And then I thought, what am I doing? It's like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, so, you know, sometimes it's, I, I kind of call it the, uh, yeah. I call it psychic amnesia, right? Sometimes so sometimes it takes a while, you know, like, 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 like for instance, sometimes. like you were describing
1: the kitchen with the yellow cabinets and the checkered uh, curtains, and, you know, right. I'm thinking, no, no, no. And right. then I'm thinking like, all the way back, like when I was like right. a kid in my grandmother's kitchen, I remember right. that I think they did have metal yellow kitten, right? Right, well, and sometimes
2: maybe, because it might but, but, have, but seemed, I mean, God, I must have been like seven years old, right? <laughs> you know? And and but you know, you think about it, think about this is when you're seven and all these little snippets in time that that was just a that was just my snapshot mm-hmm. of way back then, right? and 50 some odd years ago. Right. And so going back in time and here, that was my perspective of what I saw in just this few minutes. And way back then, you know, you had all these little moments, but you weren't fixated on the curtains. You weren't fixated on the cabinets. You were, hey, I'm just at grandma's. Yeah. And so you think about it and it's like trying to bring forward evidential information. So I'm describing what I see around me and, you know, it's like, God. And then, so you almost have to go through your own timeline from what you remember. And like you said, you know, going back to maybe when you were seven, it's like, Oh my God, we're talking 19, whatever (laughs) ago. (laughs) And it's like, are we talking, you know, 50 or something years ago? You know, it's like, So, you know, trying to remember, it's like, oh, my God, I think that was, you know, oh, my God, grandma had, you know, and then we start remembering little bits Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, sure. And I call it psychic amnesia because I believe that sometimes when we get a reading that sometimes there's so much information that comes forward, you know, So quickly and in such a small time that it's like we're trying, the mind is trying to place everything, right? We're trying to validate evidential information. And if it isn't exactly how we remember it, if it's off a little bit because of the medium's description, or maybe, you know, um, for whatever reason, you know, I'm fixated on the curtains or whatever. But if that was something that was really you know shown like okay i'm seeing the curtains i'm going to describe the curtains or the cabinets and but yet maybe that wasn't a focal point for you and but it's almost secondary mm. if that makes sense yeah and yeah so you know i i think i would struggle if somebody said do you remember what your childhood you know home's cabinets <laughs> you know and and i do after my parents remodel but you know before that i i you know i don't know if they were young <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I think they were metal actually but yeah you know, i don't that's what i, I
1: remember i remember them
2: being metal so you know i think that was pretty common back then metal um yeah. they're certainly pretty durable but um you know and they were all kinds of nice colors, right? The yellows, the greens, the the pinks, the you know, it's like I i don't know what people were thinking, but you know, it was uh it was popular at the time. So yeah, evidently love the I don't tacky know. stuff. Yeah the tacky stuff, right? I love going into homes that they still have the all uh pea green bathrooms or the pink uh uh bathrooms or whatever and it's like oh I'm at I'm at my grandma's house <laughs> and it's like yeah we bought a house like that was <laughs> but um, um, so, so where can my listeners find you to get in touch with you? Absolutely, if they want to check me out, um, they can go over to my website at deanmcmurray.com or the and It'll take you to the same place. Or if you want to check me out on Facebook, they can do that. Military Medium, um, and it'll take you right to my Facebook page um, where I'm the most active. I'm on Instagram, all those other platforms but i'm the most active on facebook
1: all right so what i'll do is in the notes of uh, this episode i'll uh, put the links in there so my listeners can get in touch with
2: you hey perfect
1: i appreciate it so do you have any other so so how how about the books have you written the book yet is it i
2: you know i haven't um it was interesting because um who the heck did i interview for my podcast and she was a Oh Lord, she was a publicist or something. She was like, you know, I <laughs> she was like, did you ever think about publishing a book? And I was like, yeah, it's been a love-hate relationship for the past many years. And I was like, it's always, you know, worked on and then stopped and here and there. And it's it's always been something that's on the back burner. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it it's sort of a tedious process. Right.
2: Right. It's not exactly exciting. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Now, how many, and do you, do you, do you just have one or how many books did you write? I just have
1: one. Okay. Um, I mean, I would like to do some more, but I just don't have time. <laughs> right. Between the podcast and working full time, but
2: right. You right. know,
1: eventually if, if the opportunity happens, I'll write another one.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, yeah, it, uh, you know, it's something that's always been on the radar, but it's just hasn't quite happened yet. And actually, you know, it's interesting that you bring it up because I was, I was sitting today, I was sending out, I got a group of people that I call my, or every month they send out email readings to a group of people that mm-hmm. uh, sign up for this yearly thing. And um and I had signed the email, uh, "Peace, Light, and Love," and a beer. And I was like, "God, that sounds like a great title for a book, like the No Nonsense Guide to, you know, Spiritualism, or right. you know, something like a kind of a, you know, I don't want to say a guy's guide to spirituality, but in a sense where it's not all fluffy and you know, unicorn farts and mm-hmm. fairy dust, right?" And uh, so I was like, maybe, maybe, who knows? I don't know. We'll see. But um, Uh, that title gets my vote. (laughs) Peace, light, love, and a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe there's two books there then. So who knows? We'll see. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for taking
1: the time to be on my show tonight.
2: Hey, well, thank you, Gary. I really do appreciate you uh, taking time. I know you're busy and, uh, but, Thanks for letting me share my story and connecting with you.
1: Oh, anytime. Anytime you want to come back too, just send me an email. Absolutely. If you, something you want to promote a new class or your book or your podcast, whatever.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we'll certainly connect. All right. Awesome. Sure. All righty, sir. Well, we'll uh, we'll chat with you uh, here soon. All right. All right. Take care. Have a great.
0: Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot, you can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.